As far back as educated men have recorded their history, veils have been lowered to disclose a vast new reality, rents in the fabric of man's awareness. And somewhere in the endless search of the curious mind lies the next vision, the next key to his infinite capacity. So when you were on um, in our last little adventure, you had started talking about the whole thing that you were doing with Greg Bishop and Radio Mysterioso and Steve about the yeah. shared consciousness thing. And we started talking about it. I said, yeah, that was when you guys caught the car on fire. And then we sidetracked off of it, and we never we never went back and touched on it. So lo and behold, the next day, uh, via Facebook Messenger, email, any possible way that people could get a hold of me privately, whatever, everybody was like, so what happened to the car? What I need to know the end <laughs> of the story. And uh, I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll bug her and get her back on, and we'll finish up the story with what happened with the uh, amazing car fire thing. So I guess um, we all know at this point that you and Steve um, were had a, a choice word that everybody was supposed to concentrate on or something like that to affect something to happen. So I, wherever you want to pick the story up, and I won't, I won't sidetrack it this time, and I won't have a mental <laughs> breakdown on the air, I promise. Okay, I'll try. I'll do my best too. Um, so yeah, so Steve Ray and I were experimenting privately um, to try and influence uh, live broadcasts of the Radio Mysterioso show hosted by Greg Bishop. Um, and we'd choose these target words and try and drum up energy about it and then hopefully uh, precipitate some type of synchronicity on the live show. So um, one of our target words was heat, H-E-A-T, as in hot. Um, the car did not explode. However, on the show recorded on January 18th of 2015, and I tried to find the particular show today, but I... I couldn't, I don't have Excel on my laptop and all the information is in these Excel spreadsheets. And so um, I wasn't able to drag up the, sh the show, but it is out there. Um, basically, at some point during the uh, recording, you hear Greg say, what, something's going on outside, out front of the studio where he had parked his car. So he leaves the studio, goes out, and when he comes back in, he says that the car next to his had caught fire um, during the recording of this show. So it didn't explode. Okay. So I fiercely over-exaggerated it. There goes that echo, that weird <laughs> echo again. <laughs> so, so we thought that was a pretty good hit. I think it's the one that made the biggest impression on Greg. Then Greg was unaware that you guys were doing this beforehand? No, that was the whole idea was that, um, you know, if we let him know we'd be doing this, then... Yeah. Yeah. So to try, we didn't tell, I mean, I didn't tell my husband, Steve didn't tell uh, Shelby. Um, so we just communicated uh, via electronic means privately as we were doing this. And we did it for, I don't think around half a year, maybe more. I swear and I was invited to participate in that, but I didn't do it. I remember receiving something from Steve or maybe it was you, one of you guys. It would have been steep because I don't remember doing that, but yeah. Yeah, there was something going around about, you know, let's try to do some kind of a, a mass um, consciousness reality affecting thing or whatever to see oh, what happens. Oh, that was something else from oh, someone okay. else. All right, I don't I'm thinking of something say. else yeah. then. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, yeah. 
But um, yeah, I'm trying to think if you were in on this whole thing, then probably the car would have exploded. Oh, God, thanks. <laughs> it probably would have been Greg's car. We would have been in this suit. I would never do that to Greg. I love that man. <laughs> I know. Well, and that, because as we were discussing uh, behind the scenes before this, uh, it brings up the whole you know, a lot of paranormal researchers don't necessarily, a lot of flying saucer people, they don't really get into the weeds with the whole ethical issue of the paranormal. Um, but these type of incidents really bring up all those questions. And um, it's interesting because uh, I, well, as I was discussing before, some of these uh, old-timey occultists and esotericists um, really talk about this a lot. And then uh, a good book for people that are interested in this, and um, there's some resources online too, uh, Jeffrey Mishla's book, The PK Man. It's about his work with uh, the life of uh, and Ted Owens, who um, was like this wild man who claimed to be able to control the weather and make flying saucers appear and he would train you to make flying saucers appear and not like some fuzzy light in the sky but some big solid craft that you could take your flashlight up and shine it and see you're shining off the bottom of the craft he, oh he would influence um sports games and uh so uh, Jeffrey Mishlove, uh, Dr. Mishlove, he uh, does the New Thinking Aloud now, wrote this incredible book about this. And um, one of the things that Ted Owens did that was very interesting was he would make these predictions, go and get them notarized, and then he would gather newspaper clippings about what happened. So um, he did one experiment for Dr. Mishlove in uh, the greater Bay Area, and I think during the 1980s, I'm not sure. Anyway, he said, I'm going to uh, break the drought that's happening in um, California, gonna have a bunch of rain. Um, he predicted power outages, and then he also predicted um, some UFO, uh, UFO sightings. He said one was gonna be so uh, uh, bold that it, and uh, witnessed by so many people that it would show up on a, the front page of a major newspaper, and it did because there were people saw a, a UFO at an air show that was taking place in the area. In addition to that, and this is interesting to me personally because of what I'm going to tell you, um, there ended up being a guy in Concord who got abducted, and he, he was either uh, left or was returned on Willow Pass Road in Concord, which is just a f I just lived um, a few miles down from there for, I don't know, probably 17 years in Pleasant Hill. And it's really interesting to me that I would live so close to this thing. And actually, when I was working at a software company in Berkeley, I worked on the next block from the old Thinking Aloud studios. And I see uh, Dr. Mishlove and his guys like at the local cafes and stuff. But that's really interesting. Um, I was on the Me and Paranormal You show recently with Ryan Singer, and mm -hmm. I was just going out of my tree because I'm real, I'm a big fan about the PK man because he also gets into the fact that um, Ted Owens can, you know, create tornadoes. One time, apparently, he um, manifested a lightning strike on an airplane. So many of his uh, things he manifested were very destructive, and uh, Dr. Mishlove gets a lot into the whole ethical aspect of that. He thinks a part of it has to do with people get so freaked out at these things that they project all this uh, freaked out uh, fear and anger and worked upness onto someone like Ted Owens, and then he just reflects that back. So you have mm -hmm. these you know, harmful manifestations. But anyway, so um, 
I was on with Ryan Singer, which was a lot of fun. And then the very next day, he actually did an interview with uh, Dr. Mishlove and talks about a lot of the stuff with the PK man. So if you're interested in that, then you could go listen to that podcast. But so. Do you remember when um, Coast to Coast Radio did, they did a random number experimenting test or they had a random number generator and it was back on, um, I think it was October 18th of 01. Um, if memory serves me, I have to look it up. It's so, it was in October. And they had a thing where they, they, they were going to have a random, they had a random number generator on the air. And they asked all of their listeners to concentrate on this random number generator and try to gem- generate a certain effect or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, or during a certain specific time period. Do you remember when that happened? No. Do you anything about that? No. Yeah, it was, It was. Um, I think, well, yeah, I, th- I think Nori was, was hosting it back then. I can't remember if it was Nori or if Art Bell was doing it. Maybe it was Bell. I don't know if, remember if Bell was on the air. Mm-hmm. But they had, um, they had a spike in results. Yep. Um, and I don't remember exactly how it worked, but it was just crazy how th- this idea that everybody could concentrate on this thing and affect how it happened. Yeah. Because there's also been stories of um, a mass number of people on 9-11, 9-11 uh, calling and reporting, you know, strange things or something like that having to do with uh, what happened on 9-11 when that, went, when, that all, when that all went down. God, I can talk. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually, uh, some of the most well-attested uh, paranormal or parapsychological experiment results have been people influencing random number generators. Mm-hmm. You know, just either at the time when the the generator is generating or in the future or in the past. Um, but it's great because if you have a true random number generator, then it's going to be dead even, you know, zero or one, zero or one. It's going to be completely even. So you can mm-hmm. monitor small uh, statistical changes really easily. And it's easy to get a large number of results because, you know, you're just like a tink, tick, 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 you know, so you can accumulate a lot of runs uh, quickly. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder, you know, the whole the whole concept of, of mass consciousness, it doesn't hold me for very long. And most of the reason when people get into conversations about consciousness, um, it goes off into really crazy, weird directions. And after a certain point, it tends to lose me because we don't even, we haven't established yet what consciousness actually is. Mm-hmm. We haven't defined the parameters on what the borders of consciousness are. I think it was a few years ago, Mysterious Universe was talking about uh, the laws that govern what science considers consciousness. So they said, well, if that's the case, then an iPhone is conscious. <laughs> you know? there's, but there's um, science, there's like materialistic science, which is one method of studying the world in which we exist. There are other methods of studying the worlds in which we exist. This is something that I have, I have been pushing for for many years in the paranormal community, but uh, occult science, uh, esoteric traditions, uh, for example, the whole tradition of Buddhism, Hinduism, meditative practices, these are all va- valid methods for investigating these areas of life that science, I mean, science they can build an atom bomb. Science is not going to be able to tell you whether or not it's moral to drop it. Science is not going to be able to tell you whether or not strategically it's going to help you win the war, right? Mm-hmm. There's a different realms of 
human experience and so you can use different tools so when people say science and consciousness yes science can approach some aspects of consciousness but it's not the be all and end all of everything so it's because science can't god that echoes weird Mm -hmm. that's because science can't delve into the realm of spirituality that's where the lines get drawn Mm -hmm. because consciousness very much goes into the realm of spirituality of you know once it, at, at a certain point, a soul comes into play. Mm-hmm. So, and there's no room for a soul or any kind of anything in that realm in science. Yeah. You can't, you, that's where things cut off. And the skeptical side of it is, yes, this is, we are just chemical reactions. We are just um, chemicals in a vat, in a jar. And that's where science ends. That's where it cuts off. And there can't be anything further than that. And the problem with consciousness of this stuff is the barriers cross there. Um, and one can only go so far and the other one can go, they they can only go so far into either direction. You know, that's, it's like the great battle between science and religion, you know, (laughs) when in in fact, both of them might be, both of them are right in many aspects, but never do the two, never will the two ever meet. And that's, that's just the way things are. You know, I, I myself have a very analytical, I was talking to somebody today about that, about how. They're, you know, they're like that's he was like that's why I like talking to you because you have this analytical. We were talking about a, a go. Uh, there was this door ghost slamming back and mm-hmm. forth, and a light flickering. And he was asking me if the video was fake, and I said, well, it looks like a pretty good video, but at a certain point, but it, but you also have flickering lights. You have this long hallway, a door, you know, ominous. All of this stuff is mm-hmm. ominous, and then the light goes out, and you have a flashlight shining on something, and the light comes back on, and the guy walks up and he inspects the door, and there's nothing really wrong with it. I said, if you were going to fake that video, you would fake it right when the lights go out and you have the flashlight there because that would be the best video editing point to go up. Okay, well, stop the video here. Go up and take all the junk (laughs) off of the door. Start the video back up again. And he says, you know, and I'm like, it's not that I don't believe in this stuff. It's just that I want to get rid of all of the other stuff possible out of the way. So what's left is the unexplainable. And that's when I see that stuff, that's the stuff that I want to gravitate Mm -hmm. to. So 95% of it, I'll throw out. No problem. I'll throw the water out and the baby in the bathwater, however you want to call it. I'll throw that out. But I want to get to the 5% that is unexplainable. And that's, that's where I want to dwell. You know, it's not that I'm a skeptic because I, even with me, what we were talking about in the show the other night, I have a friend who's like, you are, you are in such denial. I said, yeah, I know denial is more than a river (laughs) in Egypt, but (laughs) it's not that it's just the way my brain works and the way that I look at this stuff. I have to get rid of the 95% of it that is bullshit to concentrate on the 5% that I think is real. And this is why the believer people don't like me, and this is one of the reasons why the skeptics don't like me, because the skeptics look at me and they say, well, you're a believer in all this stuff, and the the believers in this stuff look at me and go, you're a skeptic. Mm-hmm. And I go back to what I said the other night, I'm always walking that line. I'm forever fighting the struggle of where I lie in all of this stuff. But what it comes down to is, it's like, yeah, I believe there's something to a lot of this, but... I don't believe in a lot of the stuff that goes with this. <laughs> yep. And, you know, I, I mean, uh, I, and I have to, and, I, and no matter how much I say I don't believe in this stuff, I have to default back to, yeah, some of this stuff is real because I have experienced mm-hmm. it. And I don't have a way of explaining the stuff that I've experienced. So, you know, it, that's that's how it all comes down to. So do I believe in a shared consciousness or something? I think there's something to it because I've experienced it to some extent. Do I think that everybody is interconnected in some way, in some form or another? Not as a whole, but 
string B connects to post A, and then post A might connect to post C, but string A doesn't connect to string C, mm-hmm. you know? Again, as I like to say, I hope I'm making sense. <laughs> no, I mean, a lot of it, to yeah. me, I think part of it is that, especially if you have an analytical mind, it's difficult when you don't have good tools to address the phenomena or models to address the phenomena that you are trying to analyze. I always have this image in my mind of, and for some reason it's at this place called the Bone Room. I don't know if they're there anymore, but it was a kind of a place. They sold like reptiles and dead bugs and penis bones and everything at this place. You know, if they were coming from anybody else, I would think weird of that. But from you, sure. <laughs> it was in uh, Berkeley or Albany. It's a little store. And I have a, a vision of standing upstairs. I never was upstairs, but it's like looking down and it's like I have a, a tray of all these strange objects. And I'm putting like a filter on top of it and then looking at it and then putting it aside and putting a different filter on it. And it casts the same thing in a different light. And I think mm-hmm. this is what you can do with various models, be if they come from uh, psychology, uh, neurology, uh, ecology, um, the esoteric realm. And I think that a lot of these things, you can get more out of it if you try and put these various models on these uh, sets of data. And the, the other thing I think is, you know, lots of times, like especially flying saucer people, they want to get that one photograph that's finally of the alien or the flying saucer or the one story that's going to be, you know, showing everything that, you know, everything adds up and it's all, uh, you know, confirmed. And, and also, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't work that. like that. <laughs> However, we do have a huge number of these narrative reports. And if you start looking through them and you start to say, okay, what are the common threads? What are the things that stick out? Um, you start to find these little kind of inflection points where you maybe are able to understand things. It's funny because I was listening to, okay, I've had sex on the brain the last year because uh, Greg Bishop was interviewing David Metcalf and he was talking about models. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, great, finally, maybe they'll listen to this guy. I've been banging on about this for a million years. Anyway, I went to my confrontations book by Valet and he has that grid in the back where he is talking about um, like it has the A N C E, um, the very uh, the flyover. So it's like anomalous events, the close encounters, the flyovers, the physical traces, and then the one, two, three, four for these different things. So you can have. Um, I honestly don't remember. It's been a long for, time since yeah, I well, that book up. If it, I even well, have it anymore. Actually, it's one of the few books I have here with me. Most of my books are in storage. But anyway, so I'm looking at it. I always thought it was interesting because if you see like a close encounter of the third or fourth kind, that would be like being abducted and taken on a flying saucer um, or alien abduction, uh, bedroom visitation. But then you have um, a near-death experience is like a, a anomalous one of a third or fourth degree. So they're right next to each other, and I'm thinking, what's the same and what's different? There's a lot of similarities, but then it occurred to me, I thought, you know, I've never, I've never run across a single near-death experience that has any whiff of sex about it. But these aliens just can't keep their hands off anyone. Constantly <laughs> <laughs> having babies. So as an anthropologist, I was fascinated. I'm not an anthropologist. I took anthropology at UC Berkeley and UC Santa Cruz. Um, 
so from that angle, I was fascinated because um, in it's one theory of anthropology, structural anthropology. They were always talking about there's like there's two uh, you know exchange between uh, people and between groups is vital to um, you know human survival and is at the basis of all culture. Uh, that we came from, and the two main gifts are food and sex, resulting in a baby, so or, you know marriage. So again, marriage exactly, folklore. exactly. You see it go back. You see it go back to Greek mythology. Um, so I've just been kind of con- I don't know how far I got with that over the last year, but it's been fascinating. But that's the beauty of if you look at something through the lens of a model, you can say, okay, these things are right here next to each other how are they the same how are they different and then you can start to leverage that so and then the food thing really made me think of of course joshua cushion and uh, his book on food which i haven't read but um yeah i know oh, I'm shame, on you. shame on you oh i'm not sure we can speak anymore no i'm kidding <laughs> but anyway so i don't know if that helps you because i think sometimes if you're analytical and you don't have a good model or angle to look at things from it you can get kind of stuck yeah. you know what here's the thing i'm going to be completely blunt about this and it's just that i'm very stubborn you're about a, a lot of this right? stuff and the way my yeah. What's that? Yes, yeah. I am. Very good I call. Heard, well, I heard um, you say when you were talking to uh, Aaron uh, David. Uh, yes, uh. that's a very good memory. Um, yes, I am a Taurus. Um, you can't bullshit a bull, and uh, we are known for being stubborn. Though the older I get, the more I try to work on that, and I try to open myself a little bit more. I've 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 come a long way with mm-hmm. it, uh, or tried to, but um, I'm just very stubborn at the way that I look at this stuff. And uh, again, it's that dichotomy within me where I'm fighting for I'm fighting against this yeah. stuff back and forth all the time. And that's one of the main reasons why, you know, that's some of the stuff behind why I do the show. You know, it's I have a lot of people like, well, why don't you ever cover Roswell or why don't you cover Amityville? And I'm like, well, hey, I don't want to be a paranormal's greatest hits because there's a million other podcasts mm-hmm. out there that do that. Because you get people that like they just want to hear the same stuff yeah. over and over and over again. You know, it's like how many times can you talk about these these same topics whereas Lobo and myself we really try to dig a little bit deeper and to try to go into different realms A so we can learn new stuff and B because we know there's people that are out there that can go and find that other stuff if they want to but they come here because Mm -hmm. they want to hear different stuff and even in regards to what we're talking about now we try not to take these kinds of topics down that really Mm -hmm. deep woo woo road where if I'm going to talk about this stuff I try to talk about it as an everyman no bullshit matter of factly um, in a way that regular people that have to get up and go to work 95 and do whatever they don't have time to think about this stuff can can mm-hmm. digest it and interpret it or what have you. Because that's the boat that I'm in. I really don't have time to sit around and, and, and you know, get all super <laughs> spiritual and stuff like that. Not that I'm not knocking you. That's not bad. It's just not my groove. So, um, you know, bless you people that can do that. I, I can't do that. I don't, I don't, I, I live in a different world. No, I think um, that's it. I think that is boy, a really that sound good point arrogant and conceited. <laughs> sometimes people will, oh, well, you think you're so spiritual. You're so much better. No, I, first of all, I had, I had to confront this stuff just because I was, I had my nose shoved in it. Right. Um, mm. with all my health problems and everything, it's like, mm. you have to deal with this stuff. And this was how. I ended up evolving, but the thing is, it's like I need food. Well, your path I'm happy took you to, that, to have uh, indoor plumbing here that works, right? 
someone's got to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm really good at doing a snake down a toilet. We, I lived in this one place, and oh, guy. But anyway. <laughs> Yeah, there's all these practical stuff that has to get done. And I do not have any truck with people that won't respect that. Mm-hmm. Well, like I was just saying, your your path and your voyage took you to where you're at. Everybody's yes. path is a little bit different. You know, my, my life was pretty much... Um, I was telling somebody else today that I've lived both an incredibly wondrous and fantastic mm-hmm. life, but a cursed one at the same time. So I, I've done a lot of really cool things. I've seen a lot of really cool things, and I have a million stories that people wouldn't believe. But likewise, I had mm-hmm. a mother that was very heavily into drugs, and you know, I didn't know where my next meal was going to come from a lot of times. And it wasn't until I settled down and got married yeah. that I actually got my shit together. Um, so my my life has very much been into like okay this is the struggle is real you know you you need to find where your next meal is going to come from you need to do this you need to do that you need to go home and drag your mom out of a bar so i never had time growing up to, to wonder about all of this other stuff so you know it's it's a different thing i haven't had a near death experience and stuff and the the encounters that i have it's like all right well that was really weird but i got to get my kid off to girl scouts now or you know it's it's just a very different thing for me so that's the thing that makes me, you know, there's that thing out there you want to, that makes people want to say that person's <laughs> full of shit. They're, they're bullshitters, but you don't know until you've been into that person's life and what their circumstances are and what's drug mm-hmm. them to where they're at, you know? So everything's a little bit different, what have you. Um, but we tend to draw the line when you hear people like, well, these are all angel experiences and, you know, angels are actually, aliens are actually angels and blah, 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 blah. It's like, no, no, no. <laughs> No. And you have the people that say they're actually shit. all devils. <laughs> yeah, that's I, yeah. I I know people that are like that as well. And then I also got other people like that. Uh, you know, there's there's people in my everyday life where I, I I used to tell everybody, oh yeah, I do this podcast. Now I don't like telling people about it because I just can't mm-hmm. explain what we do. You know, I can't explain what we talk about and stuff because they live in a very different world, and some people just don't have experiences like this and. You know, well, then how do you? It's like trying to explain yeah. oxygen to a fish. You know, <laughs> you know how how do you live in a world where there's not water? You know, it's it's one of those kind of things. You know, it's just some people just can't grasp the stuff. I mean, and, people and have go, different you know? interests and different passions and different experience. I mean, that's what makes the world fascinating. I I sold uh, most of my own clothes. I've sewn for I don't know, probably about forty years now, and I I'm on various groups and stuff. People that sew clothes or style groups and and uh, people are always startled at me that, you know, I mean, I'll really appreciate people that have very different style than mine. And uh, it, to me, I just think it's fantastic. I mean, there's, I can only be me. So that means that there's a lot of things that I can't necessarily do. Um, mm-hmm. But it, I'm, it's always so exciting mm-hmm. to see how other people are creative in the world and, and what their paths are. And I learn so much from it. So, I mean, and like you say, people have you have people have to take their own path i mean you can try and be supportive and listen or you know maybe you'll say something smart occasionally (laughs) or at least be entertaining (laughs) well it's just it's like the truth about near-death experiences many of these near-death experiences people's experiences are very very different unless you're some angry person that lives in the uk (laughs) and likes to go on twitter but you know (laughs) it's 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 a it's all different for everybody i I tend to think though however that everybody has weird experiences it's just a matter of how they interpret them and process them 
like I'm I'm an analytical person, but there's times there's been many times where I said, all right, this is beyond the realm of what I can comprehend. But I have friends who are diehard skeptics that if they were to see a UFO or something was to happen to them, if they couldn't explain it away, explain it away, they would create a way to explain it away just because their brain cannot function on that level. And if they were to have a genuine experience that yeah. they couldn't explain, yeah. it would I mean, a them. lot of people with <laughs> a variety of intense experiences will have a little kind of an amnesia to go along with it. You know, even just looking yeah. at like getting in a car accident or something. Yeah. I mean, I've talked to a lot of people that have, um, you know, amnesia over that or other traumatic events because, you, you know, you can't. Which is why I laugh when people say, wow, you're in a state of denial. It's like, well, not entirely, but just... <laughs> compartmentalizing enough to where I can live with it and That's not, not and lose what, my mind. I mean, you were speaking about your aunt, and it seems to me that would be very, you know, concerning if you saw someone who had an experience that went so south with something in your family. I mean, I would say yeah. that it would be very prudent of you, especially given, you know, you love your family, you have your responsibilities to, you know, keep it a structure or containment around that somehow. I, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's odd because I've got, like, if you walk into the studio, my office slash studio, mm -hmm. I have books, I have paranormal books everywhere. I have a bookshelf mm -hmm. full of books on magic. And... Like uh, for a while, me and my wife used to watch Supernatural and I had to quit watching the show because it's like, you know, the story, you know, the actual story and you're watching a <laughs> while. Wow, they've really messed this up, you know, like X-Files and like right now what's going on with yeah. the uh, Project Blue Book on the History Channel. I'm watching it, but I'm sitting there going, no, that's not you're, you're fictionalizing this really badly or you're doing whatever badly. But anyways, whatever. But, you know, like any of this stuff is here for my kids to come and read or my family. And it, it's everybody just mm -hmm. kind of turns a really weird blind eye to it. You know, my wife coming from this very Christian background, like, seems to not notice at all that I have a bookshelf with, like, 25, 30 books on various forms of magic. Not crazy stuff. I've got various mm -hmm. Christian magic books on there and stuff like that. And I've got all these other books of, of like, sky people and UFO abduction books and Charles Fort books and books that, like, very obviously are alien and ghost-oriented. And it just... Not, not, a, not a word is spoken nothing is noticed or whatever like that it's just never really talked about it's very odd it's like I kind of want to look at her and go do you see these right here does this not affect you do you not notice that I have this stuff you know but uh, that's probably not a good idea to do so I don't know if it's like, kind of like oh yeah dad's some just kind people of like with me I, you know I get, get <laughs> you know, the, you know. <laughs> My family is, is very supportive. I have a good relationship with my family. They're very kind to me. But, you know, there's a certain point, you know, that I know that look when it's like, okay, you brought this up three times today. I, you know, just that kind of, mm -hmm. Like I've got a member of my family that I, has, has, is into magic and is interested in Wicca. And uh, I myself, mm -hmm. I'm like, Wicca? That's oh, whatever. It's like the most harmless form of magic. Sure, go out and hug a tree and dance around the woods naked or whatever and just yeah. love the world. What's wrong with that? But I really want to look at them. I really, really strongly want to look at them and be like, hey, you know, um, if you're really interested in this stuff, I, here, here's a stack of books right here. These are simple spells. Like this one's supposed to be for love or whatever like that. But at the same time, I don't believe in any of the stuff I got. I'm just interested in the history behind it and the folklore behind it. But I don't sit around and burn candles and try to cast spells. <laughs> to make redheaded chicks fall in love with me so <laughs> it's just not something that i do but 
I really want to look at this person and be like, well, if you're going to do this, let's do it mm-hmm. right. Let's start here. Stay away from that. Don't don't deal with that. This stuff is really heavy. You don't want to deal with this Nokia yeah. stuff. What's that? <laughs> don't even worry about it. Here, just here's some simple stuff. But I don't. <laughs> we were sitting around a fire. Here's another story, and then I'll let it go. We were sitting around the fire a little while ago. It was my daughter had some friends over and stuff, and one of them was really talking about mm-hmm. like magic and junk like that. And uh, I was like, so if you could use magic and if you were interested in learning this, what would you do with it? You know, thinking maybe this person like, well, I'd try to cure cancer. I would try to do this or I would try to do this. It was, oh, I'd make myself rich and I'd do this and I would do that. And I'm like, yeah, I was I was like, if this person had given me the right answers that I was looking for, I probably wouldn't have went in the house and grabbed a couple of spare books and said, here, take these home and read them. You know, maybe you can learn something from it or maybe it'll do something for you. Mm. Even though I don't believe in it, it doesn't mean it's not real. But it was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I, I'd probably mm. get rich and I'd probably do this. And, you know, never did they say I would try to cure. I would try to cure cancer. I would try to help a person in my family. Yeah. out. I would try to do this. I would try to do that. You know, and I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, it's okay. Well, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's bonk. But if they gave me the right answers that I was looking for to be a positive kind of thing, yeah. I would have been like, here, you know, I don't yeah, believe in it, yeah. but maybe it'll do something yeah. for you, you know? So, you know, I don't know. There's me and my, my ethics, my, my it's moral true. ethics You know, it's again. funny. You were talking about the books and everything because so. um, actually, the uh, was Saturday or whatever, I was – Anthony was out. He went to the city. Um but I was telling him, he's very funny. He uh, is from Long Island and uh, kind of Italian-Irish and, uh, you know, very quick with words, good mimic, uh, nice voice, and very funny. So I was thinking about, um, I was telling him, you should be on here and you could just, like, spoof me in the beginning. And he's like, no, no, no. Anyway, because, you know, I've had these books around here. So I have this one on Idocratic. And it has this picture of this nice-looking kind of Victorian lady, and it says, Sexual Outlaw, Erotic Mystic. So, of course, he finds this book. He's like, what are you reading? He's like, are you not interested in all this stuff? Or I'm like, you know, she was a, a pioneer champion for free speech and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's just looking at me all skeevy, and then he's, he puts on this little old lady voice. He's all... Of course, now I can't remember what it, God, that's the thing. He always cracks me up, and then I can't remember what he said. If I want to tell it to someone, I just sound like a complete moron. Oh, what was he saying? He's like, <laughs> Have you not listened to our show? Oh, don't mind me, dear. Don't mind those slurping sounds. I'm just giving a spiritual blowjob. I'm just like, oh, God. So that's that's what I deal with. It might be nicer to be ignored, but, oh, God. He's, did you ever see that movie? <laughs> <sighs> you know, coming from anybody else, I, but from you, it makes perfect sense. Like when you posted, you had those books on Facebook. I'm like, yeah, that's stuff. The thing is, like, she's she's <laughs> very high minded and she's very analytical, and very smart. So you're reading this stuff, but then what she's describing is just like, what? <laughs> so it's it's very interesting. But she it makes a good case <sighs> for you know, like we're saying with these. Um, like the, the fairy marriage and these type of encounters going back through history and through myth, uh, very scholarly, but uh, yeah. So anyway, so yeah, that's kind of the more type of thing that I'll get from uh, the people around me. They won't ignore me. They'll just mock me mercilessly. <laughs> I kind of want to start, le- well, I, I wouldn't, I don't think I would have that kind of, you know what, I, I probably would have that book in my shelf, but it wouldn't be one that I was laying around the house because that, that would be an interesting read for me. Um, but I kind of want to leave some of these things just like laying around the house sometime, just, you know, toss it Look around and see what happens. Into the you know? occult. <laughs> I don't think it would. My, 
Yeah, that. Well, I was surprised I got that. I didn't even think that book was real. Well, and all of a sudden, boom! It just shows up in my mail from a listener, and I'm like, "Wow!" You know, I couldn't. I I was like, "This this is actually a real thing. This is it kind of funny." Really <laughs> so, oh, it's tiny. It's like it, it's a little. It's it's maybe mm-hmm. I don't know, not even a quarter of an inch thick. It's maybe just a little bit bigger than that. It's a little tiny book, and I've I've briefly thumbed through it, but it's going to be one of those things that I'm probably never going to read. I'm going to put it in my bookshelf. In the hopes that somebody will walk into my office and go, "Wow, you're really weird," but it's it, like I said, because like I have my family over here for Christmas time and stuff, and every once in a while, one mm-hmm. of the other family members will walk in the office and talk to me. But usually, when you walk into someone's room and they've got all kinds of books and stuff, you kind of there's the nosiness mm-hmm. in a person that makes you glance mm-hmm. up and go, "Oh, what are they reading?" You know, "Oh, what's this? What's that?" Blah blah blah. Nobody yeah. ever looks. It's like. It's like there's this cloak of invisibility around this stuff, and you know, it's like right in front of them, and nobody ever pays attention to it. For years, I used to be super nervous about it. Now I don't even care. They, they, they nobody sees it. It's just not there. I don't know if the the shield of God is reaching down and blocking them from you know for, for whatever. You know, you are not allowed to see that. You are of pure mind and soul. But <laughs> you know, I kind of want to leave like the long lost friend laying around, which is a book on you know on Christian uh, uh, powwow magic, but. I don't. I, I just wonder. I don't think they would see it. You know, if I wanted to hide the remote, I would put mm-hmm. the book on top of yeah, it. Yeah, therefore yeah. the remote would be invisible. You'd always know where it was. <laughs> so you do believe in magic? Mm-hmm. The magic of the remote. I, I guess to some extent. Well, it's all when you look at prayer, and I've said this on the show before too. When you look at all the different religions, when you look at Catholicism, when you look at all of them, it's all magic. It's all. It's all. It's all spells. Like when you look at a a catholic you know a catholic mass and you mm-hmm. look at through the different things that they go through it's all ritual the robes and the stabs and all this stuff it's all magic it's just a matter of reinterpreting it and putting it to a way to where instead of you know where, however you're casting the spell or whatever it is a prayer prayer is spell it's just the matter of where the power is coming from you're paying you're praying to god or jesus or what have you to intervene to make this kind of thing happen and the idea is this is one of the things here like you've got this this is the one of the things that i'm going to remember mm-hmm. the most in this election process i have never in my life ever seen an election i'm not going to get political but i I've never in my life ever seen an electoral, a, a um, political situation where you have metaphorical wizards yep. doing battle over the political state of our country. You have you have yeah. uh, Michael Hughes. I think his name is Michael Hughes. Um, um, doing the whole um, binding Trump thing, and then you have on the other side the the Christians that have stepped up that are calling these people witches that are doing constant prayer sessions. So you have and this you have wizard battle the going whole, back uh, and forth. Thing and the Pepe um, the Frog. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You've got you've got all this this spiritual crazy battle going on people slinging magic back and forth over the political state of our country. And when I step back and you look at it, you know, this is like one of the things that my people, if I try to tell this to the people yeah. that I work with, they'd be like, you're crazy. I'm like, no, this is actually going on. You know, I, what the heck is that? I've had him on the show before. Um, hold on a second. Let me see if I can. Well, Gar- I'm, I don't know if it's been Gary Lachman right wrote now. a book about um, all this stuff. And I heard him on a couple of podcasts. I don't know, within like a half year or so ago, but uh, he's written a lot of very interesting uh, stuff, but he was discussing this, you know, just from the aspect that you're talking about, where you have like wizard battles, which used to be, for most of you, how this went on. Yeah. 
Yeah, Matt Hughes. I'm sorry. Yeah, his yeah. Michael and Hughes Magic for the Resistance. We had him on right before this started, and it was like, okay, what? Yeah, he's and he's the guy that started all yep, this, and yep, I gotta yep, laugh because yep. now it's this big, huge thing. Oh no, I was just gonna say from the, the huge so, bulk anyways, of I'm human sorry, history, ahead, this is how thing. it was done. We just managed to have a you know a couple hundred years here where p- people are saying maybe we should try and have politics be more about, for example, policy. <laughs> yeah you know i'm gonna look back and i'll be like oh yeah that was the election cycle where you had you had you know with witches and wizards doing battle with the church over who was an you know trying to shield the guy that was an officer or bind him in office and and when i sit back and look at it it's it's i know people take this very seriously but i have to laugh it's like it, this is crazy, <laughs> you know. It's it's kind of cool. It is. It is. Cool, but watery tarts handing out the swords like is probably ever. not the best method and, of political. That's from the Monty Python, the Holy Grail. <laughs> oh, it's uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> ladies and lakes passing out swords or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, you were supposed to be here for ten minutes, and we've now been going for forty friends. minutes now. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody's like, we need to know the rest of the story. I'm like, all right, I'll have her on. We'll finish the story. It's, I, it's I very nice to hear Gigs. I was so, so you, know. you know, pretty nervous, um, but I was kind of like, well, what the heck? So it's really nice to hear that people are uh, having positive feedback to the show and are interested. So that's very nice. Thus far, except for one person who can't type very well, everybody has had a good feedback to the show, yes, which puts me well. personally at ease for a variety of reasons. But it's there's there's been a lot of good feedback about it. A lot of people that have that normally I don't hear from have come out and said, Yay. yes, this was an excellent episode. So I was like, <laughs> all right, well, you know, we'll we'll touch on this a little bit more and do a little mini episode or something like that. If, if anything, to finish the, the, the story of the quote unquote exploding car. <laughs> Ryan Singer said that. It's not me, but I thought it was pretty <laughs> funny. Barbecue. Anyway. That's a good name for it. That's, <laughs> thank you. That's a good way to put it. So, uh, again, Yay. thank you. And, okay, uh, take care. You know, we need to do this more often. Bye-bye. Take care. Thanks.